the Biblical Tapestry, Season 2, Episode 3 in the Book of Daniel, The Moral Test. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this third episode in the Book of Daniel, we look at moral, a moral challenge that Daniel and his friends need to overcome. Throughout history, remaining true to the Mosaic Law when it comes to diet was a challenge when in a foreign locations. Let's read starting at verse 8 of Daniel chapter 1. Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked permission from the chief eunuch not to defile himself. God had granted Daniel kindness and compassion from the chief eunuch. Yet he said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and drink. What if he sees your faces looking thinner than other young men your age? You would endanger my life with the king. So Daniel said to the guard whom the chief eunuch had assigned to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then examine our appearance and the appearance of the young men who are eating the king's food and deal with your servants based on what you see. He agreed with them about this and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days, they looked better and healthier than all the young men who were eating the king's food. So the guard continued to remove their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. All right, back to verse 8. Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked permission from the chief eunuch not to defile himself. Well, the dilemma and the moral dilemma here is that Daniel was determined to follow the Mosaic law with the food that he ate. He was concerned about being defiled, but why? Well, there's two issues. The first is the food that the king ate. Is is it unclean? Is it horse meat? Is it pork? In Leviticus chapter 11, verse 8, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, tell the Israelites, you may eat all these kinds of land animals. You may eat any animal with divided hooves and that chews the cud. But among the ones that chew the cud or have divided hooves, you are not to eat these. Camels, though they chew the cud, do not have divided hooves. They are unclean for you. Hyraxes, though they chew the cud, they do not have hooves. They are unclean for you. Hares, though they chew the cud, do not have hooves. They are unclean for you. Pigs, though they have divided hooves, do not chew the cud. They are unclean for you. Do not eat any of their meat or touch their carcasses. They are unclean for you. So perhaps the meat that they would be eating was not clean, was a bad source like horse or pig, or perhaps because the blood was not drained from the meat when it was slaughtered. In Leviticus chapter 17, verse 13, Any Israelite or alien residing among them who hunts down a wild animal or bird that may be eaten must drain his blood and cover it with dirt. Since the life of every creature is its blood, I have told the Israelites you are not to eat the blood of any creature because the life of every creature is its blood. Whoever eats it must be cut off. Eating any of these things would make the Jewish youth unclean before God. What made this worse 
is that they have no idea of the source of the meat that is being served. This was not a desire necessarily to be vegetarian, but as vegetarians they could avoid the contamination. The second issue with the meat and wine is often, if not always, these items were first offered sacrificially to a Babylonian god and part of idolatrous worship, probably more so if these were meant for the king's consumption. Wine was not forbidden by Jewish law, but it is defiled if offered to an idol. First century Christians also dealt with this food issue. It was a little bit different, though, and Paul addressed that in Corinthians. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 23, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. That's the key there. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. Eat everything that is sold in the meat market without raising questions for the sake of conscience, since the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. If any of the unbelievers invites you over and you want to go, eat everything that is set before you without raising questions for the sake of conscience. But if someone says to you, this food is from a sacrifice, do not eat it out of consideration for the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your own conscience, but the other person's. For why is my freedom judged by another person's conscience? If I partake with thanksgiving, why am I criticized because of something for which I give thanks? Notice the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Did away with much of the law, certainly the regulations about food. However, once the origin of the food is known in Corinthians in the New Testament, the Christian was to make choices that would benefit others even though they had freedom to eat such things. If it harms the faith of another, then whatever it is should not be partaken to avoid harming someone else's faith in God. Love of others is the supreme command. Well, in Daniel's case, before Christ, they would simply not know the origins of the meat and wine that they were given from the king's table. Stephen Miller writes this, Here, obedience to Scripture's divine commands may be observed this is one reason God blessed Daniel with such great insight. He acted on the spiritual light he had, and God honored his faithfulness by imparting more. So what does Daniel ask the chief eunuch Ashpenaz? He asks that he and his friends do not be defiled. And as always, Daniel had a solution that he was already thinking about. Notice the manner that Daniel approaches this. He's respectful. He's polite. He didn't raise a huge ruckus by flailing hands and yelling as that would have gone very badly, probably leading to a prompt execution. We can disagree today, but believers should be agreeable in disputes. Still Daniel is taking a significant risk, and now he's asking Ashpenaz to accept that same serious risk by being disobedient to a direct order from Nebuchadnezzar. What about the peer pressure from other captives in this same education program? Certainly there would have been pushback for what they're trying to do. And now Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are setting themselves apart from these others when standing out would be very uncomfortable. This was not bad food that they were getting. 
It was some of the best that anyone could have. And they were so far from home. Who would know? The temptation to not stand out would be incredibly strong. Other people may not know their actions, but God would know. It would have been so easy to discount the relationship with Yahweh as they were taken captive. They're away from home. Jerusalem was a vassal state of Babylon. Had God abandoned them? They could have taken that attitude, but Daniel and his friends remain faithful to God, and God honors that faithfulness. Well, let's see Ashpenaz's response. God had granted, verse 9, God had granted Daniel kindness and compassion from the chief eunuch. Yet he said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has signed your food and drink. What if he sees your face as looking thinner than the other young men your age? You would endanger my life with the king. Daniel's faithfulness was evident to Ashpenaz and his relationship with God and God's leadership allowed Daniel to have such a relationship with Ashpenaz that was marked by kindness and compassion. God was in charge and God can direct the hearts of the captors to accomplish his will. We see in Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1, a king's heart is like channeled water in the Lord's hand. He directs it wherever he chooses. Well, even with this respect and admiration from Ashpenaz, Ashpenaz understood the consequences of being disobedient to Nebuchadnezzar's command. He acknowledged he feared the king. And if he failed to keep these young men healthy, he could easily lose his life. Nebuchadnezzar's harshness and rash decisions were well known, and we will encounter them shortly. The concern that Ashpenaz had was if they were to look worse than the other captives, then that would not go unnoticed by the king. The term translated thinner occurs only here and in Genesis chapter 40, verse 6, where it appears to refer to a dejected facial expression on the baker and on the cupbearer of Pharaoh when they were in front of Joseph. The word is related to an Arabic root meaning be weak. So it was thought if they did not have all the correct nutrition that they would look sad and unhappy. The other young man being mentioned shows that other cultures are also being absorbed into the Babylonian system. Verse 11. So Daniel said to the guard whom the chief eunuch had assigned to Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then examine our appearance and the appearance of the young men who are eating the king's food and deal with your servants based on what you see. He agreed with them about this and tested them for ten days. So we see Daniel's proposal to the guard of the chief eunuch Ashpenaz that was assigned to them by Ashpenaz. They give them for ten days vegetables and water. I am not sure if they gave up on Ashpenaz and being able to help them, but now this approaches with the guard or a warden assigned to Daniel and his friends. Vegetables and water would allow them to avoid all food that could be defiled. The word here for vegetables is the Hebrew word zaroa, which means basically that which grows from seed. So in this case, vegetables would include grains and fruits. So Daniel today would, could write his own health food diet, 10-day miracle diet. <laughs> I'm being facetious, but 
Why 10 days? That seems like a short period of time. Well, the number 10 is sometimes used in the Old Testament as an ideal number of completeness. A meat diet was not wrong in Scripture, but once again, it is the best way to avoid defiled foods, and that was to avoid the meat and wine completely. Verse 13 says, Then examine our appearance and appearance of the young men who are eating the king's food, and deal with your servants based on what you see. He agreed with them about this and tested them for ten days. Once the trial period of ten days was over, the guard was to review Daniel and his friend's appearance and compare that with the other young men. If they looked healthy and happy, then the diet could continue. Verse 15 says, At the end of ten days, they looked better and healthier than all the young men who were eating the king's food. So the guard continued to remove their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. So at the end of the trial, the young men looked better than their peers. They looked better how? Well, literally, this translates as fatter of flesh. As the New English translation notes, although this is no longer a sign of health in Western culture, <laughs> to be fatter of flesh, I think we should bring that back. Okay, just kidding. Daniel and his friends looked visibly healthier than their peers. Chalk up a diet of fruits, vegetables, and whole grains for optimum health. And guess what? That's not new, even for 10 days. I surely hope you enjoy this Season 2 study on the book of Daniel. Next, Episode 4, we will continue to study Daniel 1 and look at God's blessings upon Daniel and his friends. As always, I pray this podcast has found you well. God bless you, and take care.